0: To become yourself. Welcome Open to Creating heart. a Buzz About Open Health podcast heart. with Paula Carnell. Hello, hello, hello. So today's episode on Creating a Buzz About Health is all about wax moths. Now we are in end of August, so it's autumn months. We've had quite a wet summer, we've had some warm sunny spells, a bit of humidity. Um, and some cold nights and I know that quite a few beekeepers have found that their bees have absconded or they've died out and there's wax moth in the hives now wax moth has fascinated me for a long time so first of all what is it well it's a type of moth that lives inside beehives and there's two types of wax moths there's a, a greater one and a lesser one so there's a big one and a little one and what they do is they burrow into the wood of the hives and they'll lay dormant. And then when the hive is weak or um, or the wax is left unattended, or if you put too many wets in and the bees can't defend it, then what will happen is the wax moth will just demolish the wax comb. So why is this a problem? Well, a lot of beekeepers get upset about it because when the wax moth is in the hive, it's just this mass of webs. And it looks horrible. And you can see these wiggling moths or sort of caterpillars crawling around before they hatch into into moths. And it could be very easy to assume that the wax moth has killed your bees. However, this is not always the case. Now, you could be encouraged to use all kinds of chemicals inside the hive to destroy wax moths. But those chemicals are going to get into the food chain. And if honey is part of your food chain, you really don't want to have these chemicals inside your hives. And I found it very fascinating to think, well, why are wax moths in the hive in the first place? And whenever I wonder about something in a hive, I then go and think, well, what would happen in the wild? What would happen if the bees are living in a cavity in a tree and they have wax moth. What do they do? Um, you know, why is the wax moth there? So we know it eats wax and um, and it will live off a bit of pollen and it, it loves the wax comb. We also know that wax moth can't survive in a frost. So if you have a really hard frost, a cold temperature, the wax moth dies. It also doesn't like sunlight. So if you have um, a comb of wax outside in the sunshine, then that will also kill the wax moth. So that's the two enemies of wax moth is cold and sunlight. So why would the wax moth be in the hive? Why would a wax moth be there eating wax? Why would the bees seem to be quite happy to have wax moth larvae around the hives? Beekeepers don't like it because it sort of burrows into the wood and, you know, you have to sort of pick them out if you want to pick them out. And When you do find a colony that has absconded or died out and the hive is full of of wax moth, then it is a case of, oh, you know, it's a real mess. How do I clean this out? Now, the first time I really witnessed wax moth in its sort of abundant state was I had a a worry hive with some really angry bees in it. And they were on an organic farm um, about, you know, a couple of miles away from my home. And so I would visit them, but I would basically leave them be because they were feisty. And I just wanted them to sort sort themselves out and settle. And then I would, you know, spend more time with them. So I would only open up the windows and look in and see that they were okay and watch them from the outside. And what I noticed was, I had attempted a split, because they were four boxes high, they were really big and really thriving. And I thought, I'll just try and do a split. And this is several years ago now and I just did what I would call a brutal split I literally just took half the boxes and put them to one side on a new floor hoping that half would have the queen in the other half wouldn't but there would be brood in there that they would then rear a new queen now they did rear a new queen and I had the two colonies going for a while so that seemed to be quite successful and looking in the windows you could see that it was full of bees but as a a worry hive just has top bars, and the top bars were very, very propolized down. And I'd actually bought this angry colony of bees from somebody who was moving away, and they didn't want to take the bees with them. And because it was local, I said, okay, I'll have those bees, (laughs) not realising just how angry they were. So I thought, well, if I split them, then they'll requeen, and maybe they'll get a bit calmer. But then what happened was and this is sort of two years into having them, the splits um, just seem to get inundated with wasps. And we we're on an organic farm, there was rotting fruit. And so there was a lot of wasps, there was a lot of wasps nests nearby. And that was a case of me thinking, yeah, the wasps got my bees. But I know that the bees were just weak, and maybe each colony had swarmed again, and they had just run down anyway they both got wiped out by wasps so I lost the angry bees and when I went to so each week I'd see the hive and I tried all kinds of things to catch the wasps and if you put wasp traps near the hives it just seems to trap more wasps so you know I learned a lot then about wasps and bees and I was closing down the entrances and it was I tried everything that you could do to try and protect them against wasps anyway When I went back after the bees had died out, it was about October and I lifted the lid because clearly there was the wasps was stopped sort of cleaning it out and the bees had gone. I lifted the lid and it was just this mesh of wax moth. So it was all this sort of webby white. um, It really does look like a whole load of, of cobwebs that have just strung across the wax And you can't, you know, if you try and lift up a frame, it all sort of stretches and pulls. And and it's just horrible when you see all the wiggly caterpillars and it's like, oh, no. And I was checking them and I wasn't ready for wax moth. So I didn't have everything with me and where they were. It was a long way from the van and I'd walked all this way. And it was October and the weather wasn't that nice. I didn't have anybody to help me. So I thought, I'm going to leave this and come back better prepared because there's no bees in there I'll just come back and then I can collect the frames, you know, scoop all the wax into a pot, melt it down, whatever. Anyway, when I went back, we'd had a frost or two and the wax was all gone. It was all cleaned up and the hive was all nice and tidy. And I thought, wow, well, actually, the wax moth was quite handy because it had just literally, the wasps had taken out all the dead bees and the wax moth had destroyed all the wax combs. So I now had a completely hygienic hive ready for a swarm next year so that was quite an insight and I thought okay yeah I did lose the bees but the wax moss cleaned the hive up so maybe that's what the wax moth is, is for well then go forward several years and I didn't really have any problems with wax moss I might see the odd wax moss in a hive when we are inspecting them but somehow you know we didn't seem to have an, an issue with them with any of the bees And then um, it was coming up again in in topics of conversation uh, one August. And I started again to think, well, I really don't want to use chemicals inside the hive. And, you know, that doesn't make any sense. And I really need to get to the bottom of why are the wax moths in the hive and what is happening in the world? Now, what I find fascinating about bees and my work with the bees is when I really focus on the question, the bees answer it. So out of the blue, I had a call and there was a tree, an ancient, ancient oak tree. I mean, five, six hundred year old oak tree that in the August storms, the main trunk had literally split open. It had split wide open, exposing a wild colony of honeybees. Now, they'd been in the middle of this trunk and it was a colony that was about a metre and a half wide and a metre high. It was huge and covered in bees. And obviously they were now completely exposed. You know, you couldn't just cover that kind of cavity up. So I was called out and the owner had a cherry picker. So I went up the cherry picker. And they believe bees had been there for about 75 years. There was a lot of local people who'd always known of that tree. The tree surgeons knew of the tree. And as long as anyone could remember, there were bees in that tree. And I think there was some note of 75 years ago, somebody had written in a diary or something had happened and they'd remembered the bees moving there. So 75 years of bees living in the same cavity in an old oak tree i was expecting the wax comb to be really dark really heavy really old but it wasn't there were areas of old wax comb but in actual fact there were areas of bright white fresh comb so what's going on you know the bees cannot have taken 75 years to fill up that space and yes, there might have been bees dying out in the winter and a new swarm had come in. So I'm not claiming that it was a 75 year old queen that had lived in the same colony. But there was an awful lot of new wax in that hive. And I started to think, gosh, how could this be? Because no humans had been in there and pulled any wax. So what had happened? I mean, maybe there were times where the bees did die out in the winter and perhaps wax moss cleaned up some of the wax. So that's one answer. But I started to look a bit deeper and think, well, what does other people say? What are the other thoughts on this? And somewhere, and I wish I could remember now where I found this, but I found that there were some studies done on um, wild bees And they found that when the bees had an area of wax comb that was old and, you know, they wanted to replace it. So it was really dark, heavy with propolis. So not so much wax left now. It was more the propolis and the old brood cells. um, The bees would move away from that wax, which would then enable the moth to expand and the wax moth would then eat down, destroy, break down that area of wax. And once they'd done with that, the bees would then rebuild new fresh comb. And this made perfect sense, because as I cleared off the bees from this wax comb, you'd have areas of old and new wax. But how fascinating is that? And it was actually three frames deep, you know, it was three layers um, of depth, but it was very big and very wide. And there were sections in there of old comb and sections of new comb. When we think about what nature does and how it works, that can really influence the way we work when we're managing bees. And so by considering that the bees are quite happy to have wax moth in there. They can move around. And if you're keeping bees like me in a more natural way, so you're not opening the brood too often, then wax moth is an advantage because you're enabling the bees to manage their wax comb how they want. And because I don't use a queen excluder, my colonies do move around a hive. So in a WBC hive, which is your conventional boxes piled up on top of each other, I will have brood in a super... For a few months but then they'll move back down again when they've replaced the wax so it's very very interesting and i think we can all step back and have a look and realize that the bees and the environment that they create and that thrives on living with the bees has spent millions of years figuring out the problems bees have and they've sorted it so we don't need to be going in there Um, toxically contaminating the bees environment and everything that they produce in that environment both the larvae and the honey and we really need to start taking responsibility for this and seeing that when we put toxic chemicals into a hive even though we think it might be helping the bees if we have to wear a mask to apply a chemical then What's that going to have? What sort of impact is that going to have on the bees that are in that confined space, breathing in the fumes of that chemical? It just doesn't make any sense at all. And just as we know with humans, when you could have a mother exposed to some kind of toxin, it will have an impact on the birth of her children and even her grandchildren some of these chemicals are so strong we don't even know how many generations before the effects of those chemicals have worn off so let's start thinking more about how we can naturally treat the bees and manage the hives now my first natural beekeeping mentor was a chap called michael bush And I'd ordered online the Practical Beekeeper, which was basically his blog post, but in a hardback book, because I like books um, and I find it a lot easier than scrolling through the Internet. Now, he talks about um, wax moth infestation and he says the wax moths are just going to become infested um, on a weak colony. So if you can keep your bees strong, then that's not going to cause such a problem. The wax moth also likes to have pollen. So you need to make sure that you've got not too much empty wax in a hive that the bees can't protect. Because if the wax moth have got a whole area that they can thrive on, then they are going to become overwhelming. And then they could become a problem for the bees where the bees just can't fend them off. So we do need to think about that. So what Michael Bush does is he harvests honey late in the season So he will harvest sort of September, October so that the wax moth is, you know, it's colder night. So there's less wax moth around. And then when he returns the stickies back to the hive, um, the bees can then clean them up. But also he's not having to use clearing boards because if it's colder temperature, the bees are in a cluster and then he just takes the honey from the top. He still will supplement the honey with um, with feeding his bees with with various mixtures. So. You need to look at your bees, your habits, your weather, your climate and how you want to harvest. I harvest earlier on in the year. And so the stickies are put on earlier on and our bees are then filling up the supers that they've got inside the hive. And we don't have such a a large exposed area. And then by the time that the area is exposed, it's cold and the wax moss isn't a problem. If our bees die out, then the wax moss clean it up. I hope this has been interesting and informative and perhaps we can look at this in other aspects of health, perhaps for human health. And what bacteria could be doing is cleaning up debris, um, cleaning up morbid matter, as we talk about in naturopathy. So think about your bees, think about your environment, think about what's cleaning up the debris, Um, either that your bees are producing or that you have in your life and then um, let's have a more natural future where the bees will be healthy and strong and able to maintain a balance thank you very much for listening to this Um, thank you for helping me create a buzz about health do share this episode if you think it's been useful or you want to share it with a beekeeper that you think might be interested thanks very much until next time this podcast has been produced and edited by the wonderful B Brook, and the music was created especially for me by Raya. Thank you very much. You have to become yourself. Join us Open next time on heart. Creating a Buzz Open About Health heart. podcast with Paula Carnell. Buzz you later.